welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Adam Sass. Hi, Adam. You're back. I'm back. I'm back for a very, 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 very good reason. This is this is a joy today. I'm, I'm this was very your this was your idea, and it was a great idea, Adam. <laughs> yes, and I because like we because I did this during the the summer when it was because mm-hmm. it, it came out in June, and I was like, are we doing it for the thirtieth? Are we doing it? Should we do it? And then you you said you were saving it for Christmas. But before uh, we go on to what we're talking about, we are going to introduce our two very very special guests today. We've got digital marketer and comic book writer. I'm Erin Reese. Hi. Hi, Erin. And uh, last but not least, we have got the editor of Snatched on Hulu. Mike Patterson. Hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, Bebez. So, yeah, Adam, tell everyone what we're here to discuss. We are here to discuss the 30th anniversary of the holiday classic Batman Returns. (laughs) <laughs> which is, you were you were the one that reminded me it came out in the summer i just assumed it came out i forgot that no, it's so, so weird right summer blockbuster exactly well because i was um like i I'm, i also like i'm a very big aficionado we can get into this of like um of like all of the hand wringing around this movie parent wise <laughs> that happened around that time because like so I, I mean I, I'm just gonna go ahead and just date myself. So like I was nine when this came out, um, and it was very close to my ninth birthday. That's why I knew like because I, I did a, a little like birthday party of friends like over at the movie, so I knew it was a summer thing. Oh, I love that this was the movie that you did for your birthday ninth birthday party. I love that too. I did, <laughs> and I just dragged like a bunch of most likely straight eventually guys like to this thing, and like their parents were just like. What? Because <laughs> even like I just rewatched. It. I just um I just uh, my husband and I went to the New Beverly um where they were showing it on thirty five millimeter and it yes. was just Ooh. packed. I mean, it, New Beverly is always packed. And um, Mike, you had actually said you'd seen this last year. I did um, this last year, yeah, and it was uh, it was gorgeous. It's going. packed, yeah. and like they said, like you know, so New Beverly on the weekends does like a kitty show, and like they call it kitty. And it's usually like sleep, like do like a an old like Sleeping Beauty, like the just big gorgeous oh, print. Um, and they were like, "Batman Returns" is the kitty viewing, and I was like, "There's not one child in this theater. <laughs> this is all mid thirty, early forty little gabies here." Like there was a very clear vibe of of who was there. Yes, and they knew that too because they were showing because um, New Bev like shows. Um, like very era specific trailers and commercials before him. Um, so they showed um, all of the, it wasn't the Batman Returns, but they showed the Batman Forever McDonald's mugs and stuff like oh. that. It was literally like a commercial, like collect the four mugs and people were like fucking <laughs> like pissing <laughs> themselves. People were like, oh my God, I have that. Yeah, like the people were nuts. Um, and uh, and then they showed uh, like a, like a you know, a little Bugs Bunny cartoon. It was, it was great. But like, I, I got the, the, the energy in the theater was great. But even, even now having seen it a million times, um, having, you know, I hadn't seen it in the theater since, you know, 30 years ago, but um, mm-hmm. it was like the energy was surrounding this movie. Like, like this movie like gets people out of their seats and it is still just shocking. Like it's still just like, bloody and, and very horny it's very horny very horny yeah <laughs> i was just re-watching it and i was like i was six when i saw this movie in theaters <laughs> and i was like what were my parents do like it's it's crazy but it like had such an 
a profound effect on me. Like it still is just so captivating and yeah, I love it. Cause it's not just, it's not horny in the way. Cause I don't know if everybody's read that article that's around, like that was kind of taking, taking to task, like mostly Marvel movies, but really every movie now where I think that the title of the article was called like everyone's beautiful, but no one's horny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I, I remember. I like vaguely recall reading that. Yeah, well, it's just like everyone is like gorgeous and ripped and this and that. And um, but like there is just at like the absolute sort of like neutral sexual energy coming from everyone right. is, is just palpable. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's and and but like this movie where it's like you have Danny DeVito in this very very like you know monstrous <laughs> suit, like horror like, movie being, level, being <laughs> so horny, like, but being like very horny, like and like <laughs> and. and and it, it's because it's not just Catwoman being like, "Hey, how you doing?" Like she's—I right. don't think even she's being as horny as Penguin is. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> with all of the phallic-shaped umbrellas that he's like just yeah. currently just like wielding around and stuff, like it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I. I. Even watching again, like same thing. Like watching it, I watched it earlier today, and like. I kept, and I don't even mean this in a grumpy way because you know I am someone who does enjoy Marvel movies, but like. I don't think this movie would get made now. No. Mostly even for the fact that Batman's not the main character of this movie. Mm-mm. Like I re- I clocked I paused the movie to go pee at one point and I we were I was like an hour and 10 minutes in and I was like holy shit I'm an hour and 10 minutes in and Batman has had like three short scenes. <laughs> It's like, a, there's no way they would do that. <laughs> he's very decentralized. Yeah. Um and like and good because as yeah, he yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It it feels kind of like I don't know. Like, it just feels you know, and I and I know it's not just because we're getting like really attached to the Catwoman character, who also like is gone for big chunks of the movie. Yes. It's like a Penguin movie. Um, yes, yeah. It's, it's wow. like a Penguin Christopher Walken movie. It's like not what anyone. I don't. I don't. It's, it's, I'm not going to say it's not what anyone wanted. It's not what anyone ordered. Yeah, which yeah. Is why it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's really accurate adam because yeah because like right also in theory if you're like ooh, the penguin's the main character i would probably be like that sounds stupid but then i'm like no but i fucking love this movie um because i think like because the original batman with with jack nicholson like nicholson was the top build actor he famously became like ultra rich because of just that movie because he had like a very very sweetheart deal they wanted nicholson no one else i think they literally like gaslit Robin Williams just to get Nicholson to say yes. Like they, they were like, Oh no, like the, he was involved for a very long. Robin Williams was almost the Joker, but like they, they never were seriously doing it. They were doing it just to gin up Nicholson to say yes. Wow. Um, and, well, cause Williams has said this later because they were, when after this Burton was planning to do a Riddler thing and they were planning to go to Williams and he was just so like, I'm not going to get tricked again. And he did get tricked again um, because then they fired Tim Burton because of how negatively received this movie was. Um, but uh, yeah, it was one of those things because, and then Danny DeVito was, is really good friends with Jack Nicholson. And so like DeVito basically entered into this penguin situation coached by Nicholson oh, yeah. to say, here's how you get a- as, as much money as I did. But like, he just didn't have the hand Nicholson did. But like, I think that was sort of the idea was, it was just sort of, it was going to be led by DeVito's performance and character like the first one kind of was with Nicholson, but it just turned out that like everybody was super into Catwoman instead. Which is, which is weird, right? Because I know Danny DeVito was definitely a different kind of revered famous back then, but he still wasn't like, I don't know. Like it wasn't nobody. No, like, I mean, it was, you know, 
you know what I mean? Like he was like a different, like he wasn't like Jack Nicholson. I feel like the shining kind of instilled him as like, he could lead a movie in a crazy mm-hmm. performance, but like Danny DeVito, it's not like he had the star power that Jack Nicholson had. So it is weird, but they did a good, I mean, it worked right. Cause he fucking nails it. Him and I That's normally, no you know, and like as a kid, as an adult, I'm like, oh, they're both chewing scenery. I love, like, I do love yeah. both Penguin and Catwoman. Both of them do great jobs. As a kid, I loved Catwoman and thought Penguin was gross, right? Like, as a kid, I thought Catwoman was so cool and, like, so badass. And I feel like it was one of the more, like, I'm sure it wasn't actually the first, but as a kid, in my memory, it's like the first time I remember seeing a woman in a character, as a character like this, where she's like, not really, she's not really evil, right? She just, wants revenge and doesn't really care who she has to trample to get it. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought that was so cool that it's like, she's kind of bad, but she's not fully bad. She's like, she, she's bummed. The ice princess had to be like hurled off a right. skyscraper, but yeah. she's not, yeah. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's not like too upset. She's just like, kind of bummed. She's like annoyed. She's like, hey, <laughs> this is not the, the waste of this Swarovski. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Well, it was funny because, and it's, and it's interesting that you say that about, feeling this way about Catwoman because I think we all are because I think we we gathered probably the most prominent vocal <laughs> Catwoman fans here um, for this. Um, yeah. And this was something <laughs> where this came up during um, my book event a few months ago where I was asked what's the first time you ever saw yourself um, on screen and it was supposed to be kind of like a setup for like it, it was a it was a gay guy and I was like no this it was it was Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> in Batman Returns and I wasn't even trying to be like cute or or like you know right hot take um i was definitely like i think there is something extremely i think accidentally like it just accident it's like like all things that speaks to gays it's always like someone messed up and like accidentally tapped into like a well of gay interest (laughs) (laughs) because i think for for this character i I can't speak for all you but like i think for me this was I think she's like kind of in a, in a way sort of a very classic gay archetype, which is um, mm-hmm. like sort of a shy, quiet, mm-hmm. bullied person um, who goes through a major sort of traumatic transformation and then is sort of unleashes this person who was always inside, which is stylish and uh, frank and forward and confident and uh, gets what they want and, mm-hmm. is, and, and, and is a very sexual person. So I think that sort of is a very familiar gay sort of like arc um, of just like in school, you know, you were the person who was quiet on the wallflower and this and that. And then now you were this like LA monster. You're a mean You're gay. You're just half a terrorist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> half. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, as like, I, I remember I had the little like Kenner five-inch Catwoman figure, um, which I put a cape on and pretended she was Batgirl for lots a lot of times. Um, <laughs> and I had this like, I remember I had this like 12-inch, I don't, it wasn't really an action figure, but it wasn't a doll. It was like very like, PVC plastic and the arms and waist and head could move. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was the only like 12. Yeah. And like, I loved that fucking figure. I didn't have any other, like, I think I played with her with my Barbies. 
Did you have the? Do you all have like the the like the official little action figure, right? Like the little. Yeah, I, I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Um, a friend me of mine, a friend of mine gave me a, a still in the box version of it last Christmas. Um, oh, and I, wow. Yeah, but I had it. I had it too when I was younger, um, and then lost it. Um, yeah, with her with her arm whipping action yes. hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm jealous of that because I. I think the only Catwoman toy from childhood that I still own is the McDonald's one where she's <gasps> in a the car and you can roll yeah. around in a tail with yes. in the back. But I if you that. are a pricey lady like me <laughs> <laughs> um, and you like spending your ducats on fine collectibles, I highly recommend two statues. There's a... Um, a statue maker out of Brazil called Iron Studios. Um, oh yeah, their stuff is so good. It's so good. Um, and I don't know if you've seen my little cabinet of curiosities, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like got all the ex women and like a Selena shrine in there. But <sighs> wow. last year, my best friend bought me a fourteen inch like Selena statue. Um, she's too like heavy to display just out in the open. But the mm. best thing about her is that she has um, changeable heads. So her first head, number one, um, she's like all stoic in her mask. She looks beautiful, um, very delicate, lips red as the rose, white, you know, milky skin, all that good shit. And head number two is like crazy blonde hair busting out the side of the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have yeah. seen this one, Aaron. Yes, it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah. she is, I'll send you guys a picture afterwards. It's so is good. it the NECA one? Because I have I have one that's similar that NECA made. Um, I think it is because I'm okay, not yeah. familiar with this brand. She's hard to like pose. Um, I had to like get. I had to buy. Yeah, she can't stand on her heels. Um, I had to get like an extra stand to support her and pose her <laughs> the way I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, which is very like she's whip in hand. Yeah. Um. Yes, you are absolutely okay. Right. Like, cool. It is yeah. the <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, she's a bad bitch, but um, she's a heavy bitch too. So I'm she like, is a heavy I'm, bitch. <laughs> I need you to uh, lay off the meow mix for a little bit, Miss Mamas, because like you're about to destroy the rest of my collection. <laughs> so i like i want to go back to the mcdonald's um little car because that's the other like that's this is starting yes. a trend for this movie which is they they obviously started with the toys before the script was even shot yeah like because there's a whole bunch of like things in the toy line and in the mcdonald's line that just never show up on screen it's like there's the catwoman car the penguin yes action figure, if you remember this like it just looks kind of like the 60s penguin a little bit right mm-hmm. and then there's and then there's of course there's robin um robin, who yeah. was in this who was who was literally they had a costume fitting with marlon wayans who was who was like signed ready to go yeah um yeah and like he I still gets that. residuals on this movie like his contract was done like they had to cut really? him yes yeah. no, he, he <laughs> Every time you go see this movie or buy this movie, he gets a comment. So, yeah, um, it, it was good for it him. Was good for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah, such seriously. a late. It was such a late in the process removal, but it was like, yeah, that was like very, very, very close to being done. And I don't know which who here has read the. Um, Mike, I think you did. Yeah, but, I started um, reading Batman eighty nine. I need to finish yes. it. Yeah, I finished it. It was. Go- I mean, it ends 
I, I think it, it it was more exciting up front than maybe how it ended, but um, okay. no issues. But just like it was definitely not like uh, iconic. Like I wasn't like screaming about it. Um, Got it. But it was very 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 cool, and they did incorporate. Um, so Sam Ham, the the writer of the original uh, Batman, and he's a co writer on this one, even though it's very Daniel Waters. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he did a six issue comic series last year where it's called Batman 89 and it's basically the unmade third Burton Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, they bring in uh, Billy D. Williams's Harvey Dent and he becomes two face in this. He's the main antagonist in yeah. it. And, um, and then the Marlon Wayans Robin ap- appears and then they bring, they bring Selena back. This was my biggest problem with it. They made her very, I don't know. It, it takes the drama out of, her arc in Batman returns to have her just pop back up. And she's a little, she's a little his girl Friday in this. And I didn't, it like very much went against her whole ending moment with him where she's like Claus's face. and is like, I'm never living with you. It's just like where she's just wild at him. Um, But then she just kind of comes back in this. It's a little not fan fairy. I don't Mm -hmm. think Daniel Rodgers would have allowed it, but um, (laughs) I'd love to see her back, but like it was, not in this very, very soft way. And then they had a, um, a they had a Barbara Gordon who I think was supposed to be, because she's drawn to look like Winona, right? Yeah, she looks like Winona, yeah. Oh, mm. huh. Well, I, I do want to talk a little bit, yeah, before we like fully get in the movie. I was reading all sorts of trivia, and there was stuff I didn't know. There was stuff I did know. There was stuff I didn't know. I didn't realize like all of them hated filming this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Tim Burton was very vocal about how much he didn't enjoy it. Um and like there was like a quote from Michael Keaton where he said that like to film one scene, sometimes that would take him weeks and he wasn't in the movie that much. Um, and he literally only did it for the paycheck because he wanted to do some real estate deal. I and I love this movie, but Tim Burton was such a weird snob about it not being a sequel, even though it is a sequel. Yeah. Like I, that I, I, I didn't quite understand that. <laughs> I read something that Ke- Keaton was also like. I want this to be sort of standalone and not a direct sequel, which, but then they bring up Vicky Vale. So I'm like, uh, and like, right. I mean, Girl. I, I've maybe seen Batman, the original, like a handful of times, but the amount of times that I do watch this movie and I'm always like, why are they bringing up Vicky Vale? Like, I don't care that she's not there. Like, I'm like, I'm into this, you know? Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting. That's weird. Like so he didn't consider it. It's a sequel. That's- he did not I mean, want I- it to be a direct sequel. Yeah. I I suppose. I mean, I guess there's a way of looking because, like, the city looks different. Yeah. Well, they brought in the um, the cinematographer from Edward Scissorhands, which is also why it looks completely that different. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a gorgeous movie. Like, it, I was also like watching it recently and just being like, I would like to see a black and white version of this. Like, co- like because I mean, the movie is already so black and white, but like yeah. shot in color, obviously, but like. The cinematography of it is just, I think it would lend itself really, really exquisitely to a transfer that is actually grayscale. Um, that would be really, yeah, very <laughs> luscious because, like, that's like, that would, it's so German expressionist already with the yes. uh-huh. highlights. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Because it's like, and he, I think he specifically said he likes casting actors who look like they could be in silent films, like these sort of just yeah. gone. Like no. high circle people. Yeah. Honestly, do yourself a favor if you have a record player. Yes. Um, the soundtrack. So I think Mondo um, mm-hmm. constantly like does a repressing of the score, 
And it is like so incredible listening to Danny Elfman's music. Just mm. so yeah, it's delicious. extremely. Um, it's it's so. It I was realizing it watching it in the theater. Like there's long periods, and I'm like, I wonder how much. And I know frequently, like a a, a composer will maybe know in advance like the, the composer will be brought in to decide like how long a shot's gonna be but like some of these shots yeah. are so 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 long yes. without dialogue mm-hmm. and then the music is carrying 90 percent of it mm-hmm. um that like with if you took the music away like i like it has to have been made like it almost feels like it had to have been made knowing like he's like okay leave two minutes for the penguin to leave the grave yeah because <laughs> it's gonna be a whole suite uh like as he walks back, like I can't imagine what the fuck that shot felt like with no music. Right. Yeah. Or like even <laughs> like awkward. Selena coming home after being resurrected. Right. Like yeah, she mm-hmm. says like you know one thing of dialogue and there's like the voice recording machine, but like it's all it's all that be- those beautiful strings. Like oh yeah, when they when they, the, how they match. It's so this is so camp and gorgeous and how they match the rising energy of yeah like like her performance the 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 voice on the answering machine the like gotham lady perfume woman um <laughs> doing her sales pitch and the Hello, mounting music Selena Kyle <laughs> <laughs> for a candlelight staff meeting for two like it's yeah. so like and she sounds evil like she sounds like and it's just you can see her going mad and then the music builds and it just like crescendos it's beautiful oh beautiful it's like really maddening it's like being inside of like a little cinematic house of horrors for just like two minutes Mm -hmm. um and i just remember as a kid having such a visceral reaction um to that scene (laughs) specifically to the desecration of the dollhouse oh yes um and one of the posters I recently bought from, wow, I'm really sharing my shopping addiction on here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, posters, if you follow Aaron on Instagram, you can see all of it. <laughs> it's great. You, re- you really can. There is a, I don't know if you've seen this, Adam, but I literally have like a Selena Kyle poster like over my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a custom frame because it's so wow. plush. It's a little bespoke from the movie because she's laying in a bed of like white, long-haired kitties but like it does something for me but the same um poster maker um they're called bottleneck gallery and they're based in new york um they did another poster um with very uh strong neon emphasis on the hell here um Uh, and it's uh it's so just like i don't know it's camp it's vamp it's like pussy Oh, just you could get you could I, I uh, with that hell hair sign. If you you could give any homosexual on earth that wrapped <laughs> and for for Christmas, and like you would you would it would be a winner for I don't care who that person was. They would they would <laughs> I mean, be like I'm hanging it right now. Purr. Like I I think I would literally purr. Yeah, would <laughs> absolutely gay gasp. Like for sure. the the little <laughs> hair that I have on my arms would just bristle, and I think <laughs> my ears would perk up. Like immensely, it would have, it would and it would have like to be authentic. It would have to have like these shattered remains of like the the shot out pieces. Too. Yeah. Like, it would have to just dangling. that would be cool. Yeah, it couldn't just be hell here. It had to be like a damaged sign. 
Um, <laughs> so, since we're still on Catwoman, um, so I, I don't know if anybody are there other characters in this movie. What? What are no, okay. <laughs> I, like the, the paper boy or something? Um, but, uh, so the original Miss um, Michelle was not the original Selena. Yes, um, which is crazy. It was Annette Benning, um, who had been cast, and then uh, she got pregnant. So thank God a- for that. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of, yeah, like. And Annette Benning's great in the stuff that she's sure. in, but I just can't I, imagine her doing this, right? I love Annette Benning. I'm not, I'm not, but like, thank God Michelle Pfeiffer was Selena Kyle. Like, it's just, yeah. I can't imagine Annette Benning in this movie. I think yeah. like it, she wouldn't have like put the whole pussycat into it. Um, yeah, like I feel like it would have been a because Annette Benning is such a wonderful actor, you know. But I feel like this for some reason this, you know what? And honestly, I've, I've thought a lot about this over the thirty years that I've known that Annette <laughs> Benning was the original Catwoman. <laughs> like this is this was information. Like my nine year old self was like, mm, yes, Annette Benning is not, you know, because she, 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 she because Warren Brady got her pregnant. Yeah, um, but like it, it was like I I've thought a lot about this, and I'm thinking like it just feels like Michelle Pfeiffer's. Um, performance has real like understudy guts energy. Mm-hmm. Like this was, she was like, I fucking wanted this part, and I'm by, <laughs> by, by like grace of God, I got it, and you know, and here I am, and like you know, it, it, like it felt really like she was very, very, very hungry to do this, and so I wonder what it, has she spoken a lot. I know it was like very miserable for her to be like in this very vacuum sealed outfit, but like it, she's got a be, be nostalgic for the what yeah, the impact um, uh, the character has had. So a friend of mine actually, um, he works at Nordstrom. I don't know how much of this I get. He, uh, he recently just had. She's like doing a skincare line, I think, right now or something, okay. and at Nordstrom. So like he met her like very recently, and he was like, "You know how much of an impact you've had on gay boys, right? Like as Catwoman, and <laughs> mm-hmm. she still has the whip. She's still she's very like uh, she she like loves that." the legacy of it but yeah like she hated wearing that outfit <laughs> i'm which is i'm sure i can seal her in that which yes, is bananas. And like she, she could only she could only perform in it for so long before like she would start getting lightheaded and they had to like unseal her yeah uh, it, yeah it's crazy very like old timey if this feels like the sun setting of like <laughs> hollywood like crap we're doing to actors like this just <laughs> yeah. physically mm-hmm. not recommended by a physician like this this feels very like um like the wizard of oz tin man paint just giving him like just like a a permanent (laughs) rash like just um but that's something where like i mean i'm I'm glad she's aware of the impact that's all i care about as long as she's i don't want her going her whole life thinking this is some you know failed mcdonald's commercial that she was (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i want her to know that the gays are behind her on this (laughs) like it's funny like even like and i'm glad she's doing the skincare line because she's looking great i just saw the quantum mania trailer yesterday she looks Um, great right yeah amazing i know i i hope she's given a little something meaty to do in this quantum mania i hope it's not a me too i I know i'm niffy on how she's been used so far We'll pray. Um, you know, we'll pray. I, <laughs> we'll pray on that. I kind of wish they'd let her be like a little camp with her character. Rather I, I than wish they'd go her. Ian, that is so cute. I mean, it, it goes <laughs> back to. So 
that article uh, Adam brought up, like nobody's horny. Like those Marvel movies are so like, you know, uh, someone wait, speaking of that, someone said this to me. I'm not going to say who, because I know they were like, oh, Twitter. But like someone had tweeted. I don't know if you all saw like Chris Evans. It's He's dating um, the woman. I can't remember her name. Who's a star of Warrior Nun. And she's 25. And people were being like very precious about that. They're like, oh, that's disgusting. Like he's dating someone so much younger. It's like she's 25. She that's. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, be, people online grooming. have upgraded the grooming age to like 30. Like they're right. Like, she's, <laughs> yes. she's, he's 31. She's 29. <laughs> like and like so we were talking about that, and I was like, I don't know why. Like it feels like we're like some of the younger generation and some people now are like very weird about sex stuff because like there's you can I, I guess because like I saw a tweet that was like ew disgusting that means he met her when she was 23 which is basically a child and it's like uh, <laughs> that's a legal adult <laughs> that is an adult yeah um, my mom right, had me at 22 so like right. I don't know okay, like, well. um, but so and this and this person said like they thought that that's happening because of exactly what you're talking about that like we get all these like gorgeous bodied people that are like you know have their muscles out and they're like have great butts but like there's no sex at all like well, at be- all well because marvel keeps killing a bunch of women off um but like <laughs> well yeah <laughs> i mean i was like i was like even in wakanda forever i was like woo, um uh, but um like <laughs> like she was pissed about it um it's like it's so funny to be like there's all of because the, there's all this man pain now so there's all of this right. like and even like it, it goes beyond marvel too like it's like james bond turned into this mm-hmm. the craig era turned into this man pain yeah thing. very not a fan um Oof. where it was all like we're not at like we're gonna skip to like like they're instantly in love but it's like just to get to the point where they can have the the woman be endangered and they're like no. say, yeah. i'm like have you even <laughs> fucked do you know what this person looks like naked yet because (laughs) yeah and they just skip to we have three kids who are six seven and nine yes yes (laughs) and like i hadn't thought about that but that you know especially watching this movie like as a kid i don't remember i don't remember thinking this movie was like so risque as a kid it just felt like oh cool this is a cool batman movie but i I it is very horny, right? It just is. And mm-hmm. watching as an adult, I'm like, no, this is very horny. I don't know how, like, yeah, you know, eight year old, nine year old me wasn't like, huh, weird. Right. Um. Well, it was the it topic of so many. Um. It was the topic of like so many, like Sally Jesse Raphael, like concerned, like yeah. like parent concerns. Like, there's, oh my god, like so. This is I'll I'll have to do some sort of like I don't know if you do sh- show notes, Anders. I'm like, oh, we'll have to put some clips. <laughs> at the end of this where I'm like, it's this video where it was like, um, I love this, this video. I know this video where she, you know, yeah. where she's like this mom and she's like, she, and she's like <laughs> pitching the movie. Like, and we're all supposed to be horrified. And it's like, this work, this sounds, this sounds great. And so, she, and she's like explaining it in like the driest term. She's like, if they throw him down a sewer, he's a baby. And then <laughs> this woman, she speaks her mind to her. A woman speaks her mind and she's thrown out of a window. <laughs> um and it, like she and she's like completely and like her po- fucking poor daughter is just sitting next to her just l- supposed to be looking upset but she's like i just wanted to watch the movie jesus Christ. <laughs> um like, 
Which I watched a fucking uh, Batman movie. Like. Yeah, right. And then there's like, the, then they interview like a, like a similar, like a nine year old. It could have, it may as well have been me. Like, it was like, we were like one of the kids that I brought yes! to for this. And it was like, they, this boy, and like, he's clearly been fed this concerned parent script. Like, it's definitely, with, and she, and this kid's like, I just think it's an attack on kids that I think that this is a bad thing. And, and they're like the words of a child, like <laughs> out of the mouth of babe. And it's such a gotcha. They're like this boy alone understands how horrifically <laughs> horny this movie is. You know, it's so crazy though, because like I should I should actually call my mom and ask her, because like. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I remember loving the movie. I don't remember mm-hmm. my mom being like, "You can't watch this movie ever again." Like she took my my mom and dad took. This was like a family outing for us, oh, yeah, and like, but like I don't remember us leaving the theater. Like I can't believe we just sat through that. It was like that was yeah. fucking dope. Like <laughs> um, I, I know my mom just didn't like the fish shit. Like she, yeah, I just remember that, but that was it. Like. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, it yeah. is gross. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, and, but she knew it was supposed to be gross. Like she's like, yeah. she's like, oh, he's eating a raw fish. I don't know, I'm out of here. Like, it, it, but it was not like a. I must call Mr. Right. Warner Brothers, right. and right. I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going bringing my son on Sally Jesse Raphael so he can no, deliver real. these lines <laughs> for well, real. My, my parents were always really bad at. I, they're, I still feel like they're bad at this, even with my nephew. But it's funny because my mom will always say. Oh, the Predator room, the Predator movies and Terminator movies remind me of you kid, you boys when you were kids about me and my brother. And I'm like, Mom, I was four. Like you were taking me to see those movies, and I was like four. They terrified me. And she's like, Really? Why? She says you reminded her of an alien with dreadlocks. Right. So just remember, because she remembers taking her boys to see those movies and how much the family loved them. And I'm like, No, I was terrified watching those movies. <laughs> I kind of envy all of you guys. It's like early, like first impressions of Batman Returns because I'm I'm not going to say how old I was, but I was like a tiny top for Christ. Aaron's <laughs> baby. Oh. <laughs> Ian, Ian always brings on a child on these podcasts, <laughs> and I always feel ancient. You're like I know. Last year on my. Twenty first birthday when I when I when I had my first drink I I I, I, I watched the film yeah. Okay. Needless to say that I could not watch it in theaters like when it came out. <laughs> no, I, I had to I had to wait a few years. Okay, but like I feel I feel so sad for you. No, I do actually feel sad for you because it was it was quite an experience. As long as I listen, I got the Catwoman McDonald's. T- Happy Meal yeah. toy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I will forever be pussy because of it. <laughs> mm. I, um, so I also had, um, and I still have, I, I found it on eBay and I bought it again. Um, they had a Catwoman pencil bag for back to school. Oh my God. Um, you posted it's, this it's, and I have never coveted anything. It's sitting, <laughs> it's sitting on my little Catwoman shrine um, over there. And like, I remember walking into Catholic school, second grade, <laughs> like first day of school with my Catwoman pencil bag. You can tell me shit. I was <laughs> and like at yes. recess. We played Batman, and I was Catwoman. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, yes, Selena Kyle, 
I'm forever indebted to her for making me a little gaby. You grew the beard that day. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it literally like it like when she transforms, I think we all transformed. I was like, oh, I was like, something's happening here. Yeah, like, transformation. Yes. Because <laughs> it was a transformative moment because like again, like a big part of why the tarot part of the room scene is so cathartic because it's just, you know, like it's it's not just like woman goes crazy, gays like that. Um right. even though that's kind of it's kind of pop off <laughs> that way sometimes. Pop off this. Well, um uh but like there's the whole like it, it's it, it's and it's this just this tragic music playing and, and she's like stuffing like these toys and these kind of girly Oof, young yeah. childish things into the garbage disposal and like ramming like the, the like the, the sock monkey like around and around and it's this very i don't know it, it felt like it felt like a very um it, it does feel like a kind of transformative moment because it's a very like time to put away kind of childish things kind of yes. moment and you can you become more adult like watching if you if you're glued into her emotional journey as i think a lot of the young gay boys were um it was a very moment where like i felt like more grown up leaving the theater because i just knew <laughs> certain things about like yeah. just human nature although i feel well, like i could say this for the four of us the four of us, because we are all we are all queers here, cool who collect shit. We would never destroy mm. our shit if we no. had to. It would be like, oh, oh maybe I'm gonna scream, no. but I'm not. Don't touch no. my things. <laughs> no, for real. But I do appreciate what, like, where you're coming from, Adam, because I feel like just to make a sidebar, like Marvel tied to this, like that loss of innocence, like that we see done yeah. so horribly wrong um, when it comes to a lot of like them facing comic book characters. Um, something that I thought was done really well um, that reminded me of Catwoman's emergence in Batman Returns is specifically um, Shuri's transformation in Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that like really um, was just a very potent, visceral scene for me to see the first time around. I've seen Wakanda Forever four times and I... <laughs> Um, yeah. you, can, you should listen to Aaron's thoughts on it. We were he was on for the I episode. Know. Oh my god! <laughs> Instant plug. Um, <laughs> but I think like again, it's a different type of loss of innocence in that right where Shuri's has everyone seen it here. Am I yeah. am I spoiling anything? Yeah. Okay, like it's a different type of loss of innocence with Shuri, right? Like she has yeah. lost first T'Challa, now Ramunda, um, and has sort of this vengeance. And I think it's like stamp sealed and delivered with her scene with Killmonger. Um, and just mm. like the level of ferocity, like I think the only thing that I did crave in Batman Returns that I feel like I didn't really get to see was just like Selena kicking ass for just like a good two minutes straight, like yeah. with no breathing room. Um, which I know we kind of like get a lot of that action junkie sequences like in Marvel, but specifically the scene where I don't know why, but I, I don't think it's supposed to be an emotionally driven scene. Maybe it is, but the scene specifically in Wakanda Forever where Shuri kind of lets off this primal scream and like flips into her costume and starts going mad on the mm-hmm. side of the ship. I don't know. Yep. It just felt like a very black femme interpretation of what we got in um batman returns and i really loved that i really love seeing like y'all know i'm a sucker for like ladies in cat suits and like making that <laughs> like oh yes but where you've seen it done horribly wrong is our good girl cheetah and wonder woman 84 which uh, oh god, god. Oh, no. <laughs> 
yeah. I'm sorry, I almost just melted through my chair. Whatever. <laughs> Listen, don't make me defend Wonder Woman 84 in public. <laughs> oh, no, my God. No, all right, all right. Listen, I've come around on it being not a great movie, but I still love it. I don't know. It, I might have okay. my worms for brains, maybe. Who can say? Um, I think it's fun. I think it's don't dumb make fun. Don't close Star Wars Episode Three to you. Like, Andy, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, w- listen. We're here to talk about Michelle Pfeiffer and Batman Returns. Let's <laughs> We're not here to attack me. Yeah. <laughs> For my bad taste on some I think movies. I think the thing with um with Michelle Pfeiffer and and uh, with with um with, with with Selena and with Shuri is that there is like legit like pain and loss and 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 trauma there. And I think with with um with the with Cheetah, like it was just it just felt more like where like there wasn't like a big inciting incident it was just sort of like she was a flop and like didn't want to yeah. be like that, that kind of thing there wasn't like a main like there wasn't like a like it's like a primal scream within her to do that right. like yeah there, like we like we get there's not like a, it's not like it's not cathartic for us to watch her go through this because like we haven't tied this to any certain moment for her really other than just like yeah. sort of the pain of being an outsider it right. was very much her like seeing a cat suit on Fashion Nova and was like, you know what, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I can it out. <laughs> give me a sweater jacket. Give me a, like a print jacket. Um, I'm going to get my DBL tomorrow. Um, yeah. it's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's very it's much the a primal, um, primal scream. Listen, it was the 80s. Who didn't want to be a cat woman? I mean, let's. It's the Jared Leto runway meme where he's like watching the green, the green jacket go by and he's like, ooh, me. Um. Um, so I do want us to talk a little bit about Penguin because I do like. Honestly, as a kid, I didn't I didn't appreciate Danny DeVito's performance as much, but like he is also very fucking good. He's at this. great. He mm-hmm. I agree with you, Ian. Like as a right? kid, and like I always think about Michelle, obviously, but like right. rewatching it, I'm like, wow, like he's doing a lot of impressive work. Um like they like, chew they chew the scenery together so well. <laughs> yeah. Like this movie, like the his performance is like when like in a, in a episode of Drag Race where like like someone should have won the maxi challenge if not for like this absolutely like one in a million maxi challenge winner like like it's like they, like in a, in a lesser season or in a lesser episode that person would have like walked away with the with the win on that one. But it, was just right. his, it was his unfortunate luck that like he was like paired with such a like powerhouse like you know right you know permanent you know permanently socially relevant performance that you know, Catwoman is giving. Yeah. <laughs> Cause what? like, and he, he's, he could be a horror movie character, right? Like mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. grotesque. He yeah. He, you're right. He is no. like, I, for me, the scene I always think about when it comes to him is him fucking biting that dude's nose. Cause I had uh, nightmares about that as a kid. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to crack my shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take a bite out of crime. <laughs> like lest we forget Jan Hooks is in this movie Jan yes, Hooks this movie. <laughs> for like two seconds so weird um, our research like, tells us voters like fingers <laughs> <laughs> like Tim Burton was like hey do the like do the peewee fucking cameo you did but like just do it again like well, she, cause yeah. she's the like tour guide who's like there's no like Al- do the Alamo tour guide like but <laughs> in this movie I like 
and also we have the like Pee Wee Herman cameo from the beginning yeah, where he Paul plays Rubens, the, yeah. the father. And the, I didn't realize that the woman uh, opposite him, what I put down her name, something Sal- Diane Salinger, apparently was in both Pee Wee movies as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, who was she? She, she was she? a waitress in the diner, but she's a character who's in both both Pee Wee movies. Shut up, that's great. Yeah, and so like, and she was cast on purpose with him, um, and like that. The the weird casting, like you said, Adam, of just being like, yep, we're going to pluck you and do this again. But like Paul Rubens has no lines. He just does a look and then they throw a baby in a river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just and I think it's so cool that they like set up. I mean, again, not to be, but whatever. But like they're letting Penguin, like you said, Aaron, he it's not that he basically is. He is a horror movie character. They're letting him be this grotesque, like penguin human person. And he looks gross. He's always like, <sighs> Like gasping oh, sounds wow. like a pug, like a black thing <laughs> running down his lips. But I also yes. think too, like Penguin is. I feel like the introduction to his character is so intimate um, because he's the only character. I mean, you could say essentially that we do get to see Selena's birth as Catwoman, but it's True, obviously yeah. more of a rebirth. But um, with Penguin, it's such more of a literal sense, and like just the like deadpan like decision that they're like up. Oh, that child is hideous. Toss him in a river. <laughs> like, yeah. it, um, it's just so like, and I remember um, as a kid, what used to really like fuck me up the most was um, them driving the, or not driving rather, but pushing the baby carriage, like through the park and like through the zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, all of that imagery was just so like Baroque and like grotesque at the same time, but still just yeah. visually, really fascinating like almost like the idea of like um i don't know like a gothic like haunted wood sort of yeah mm-hmm. yeah but like it feels very much like a twisted fairy tale at the beginning yes yeah it's, yeah. it's a beautiful i don't know um mike if you ever went to the academy museum to see i have the, mm-hmm. uh, yep i I'm did sure <laughs> just google it it was great so it was like so it was it's it's mostly matte paintings and they have the whole um um the matte painting of the city skyline from the beginning Mm -hmm. um and you could see like the small cutout portion at the very very bottom where like everything else is a painting and then like the the paul rubin the, the penguins parents are just like the only piece of moving film throughout that so it's just this sort of like very static image it's all a painting um and and it gives it that sort of unreal sort of fairy tale feel that aaron was talking about um and then they also have a model um like it's basically a giant dollhouse of the cobble pot like estate right Um, yeah and you saw like them flying around it they had the prosthetics from his 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 nose prosthetics Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it like they had a lot from that movie yeah yeah fabulous i i always like i mean I've, i've gone twice now to the academy museum but i always like take a bunch of pictures of the exact same like i always yeah. take pictures mm-hmm. of it i've been here before and I've seen, but i'm like but this feels just like really special to me so like i'm gonna take <laughs> another bad photo with my reflection clearly in it <laughs> <laughs> it's so like i can't revisit these pictures that i've taken in any way it's just it, you're not getting the you know i think anything like that's why you have to go to the academy museum because even the like outdoor amphitheater rooftop area like a picture up there like can't like encapsulate like how it feels to be yeah. up there. Like it's a different, it's a different energy, but um, 
that's our ad for the Academy Museum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can become a member. Uh, yeah. Ian, when you're in LA, please go. Um, right. yeah, Lincoln bio. Um, Lincoln bio, ladies. Lincoln bio. <laughs> yes. Smash that button under there. Make sure to subscribe. Um, but anyway, so what I like about DeVito's performance is that like in general, I like when an actor like for good or for bad, like does big choices. And every yeah. time like hit, like, I, like for some reason this stuck out to me this time watching it was when he's abducting the ice princess and he goes in there with the poodle lady um, yeah. and he takes the battering out of the poodles. It's such a weird way to like, cause again, like it's, it's such a, it's such a testament to the power of like creating a scene the way you kind of envision it. Because like the scene is, the penguin abducts this woman. And I feel like if you did that in a, if like, again, not to be like hating on, you know, if you did this in a more generic Marvel movie, like, or, or any, even a DC, if you did this right. in the Batman, or whatever right now, it would just be a straight up shover in a car abduction. Right. This yeah. is like, no, we're going to take this poodle lady. The poodle <laughs> has the battering in the, in the mouth. And like, <laughs> And she like and she thinks it's a camera. Like she thinks it's a camera. <laughs> oh my god! What the fuck? Like, like <laughs> fully airhead performance. It's great. Like she's a camera. Like she's doing Anna Nicole Smith. Like just <laughs> and and then like to cap it, like literally, like the, like it's it's a three second scene. And like and like and and like and the and the and the script says the penguin throws the battering at her. Like he <laughs> does this full body, <laughs> like 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 hurls it at her, and it's like the most like what was this choice? Like I wonder if that was the first take or if that was like oh. like if this was like a Kubrick movie, it would have been like that's take three hundred, and Dave Vito had enough, and he was just yeah. like tired of doing this. Adam, I need that sound and a voice note to me immediately. <laughs> oh, it's done. Right. Yeah, just, yeah, right, right yeah. But Adam, you also just brought up one of my favorite components of this movie, and it is the use of animals, metaphorically and just quite literally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've always been a sucker for using animals. Um, I don't know. It's just sort of like fun character archetypes and things like that. But like, um, I feel like one of the ways in which you kind of sympathize with Penguin is through the actual penguins. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, especially once the girls are lining up and they're like, hey, y'all, we're going to the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> Get your missile backpacks and let's head out. Um, <laughs> missile backpacks um, and that like little Borg eyepiece yeah yes <laughs> which oh my god the technology girl <laughs> <laughs> they were gonna like, fuck up ticket else, but like, <laughs> like they're, they're ready to do like a janet jackson music video like yes like, yeah, not giving rhythm nation like rhythm yeah. nation. <laughs> this is a story about control yeah. <laughs> um but i love it because not only do the penguins like help you like obviously sympathize with him as a character but when um we were talking about the fairy tale elements of it all at the beginning i think they also are also reflective of his descent back into madness like you know very much so in the fairy tale scope of like the monster or the beast has tried to acclimate into modern culture modern culture rejected them um and it's like you know back to what some would deem savagery or just like, I don't know, um, that just sort of like more animalistic core to them. But I think there's something that is still essentially so like soft and yet vulnerable about penguins too, that like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, that still, it still offers some connective tissue to like his humanity. 
Um, and I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. It's great because I think you're seeing through Batman, Catwoman, and Penguin that there is this sort of like, these are three people who society is sort of like given up on a little bit. Um, or like society is let down in, in various ways. And there's three different ways of handling that. Um, yes. and, mm-hmm. you know, Bruce is very conformist and wanting to like, you know, kind of protect sort of the way things are. And then you just see these villains who have just sort of had it. They have, and, and I think it's very smart to include, okay, we haven't really mentioned him yet, but I, I include a character like Max Shrek, um, yes. because mm-hmm. he is representative and it's no accident. He's doing tr- Trump. Like, he's the, like, I know like, it's he's, Trump. It's crazy. <laughs> It's funny, and it was, and I always wonder, like looking back on it, I'm like, because he's even got the like sort of goony fail sons with them at all times. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's, it's just bad like, hair, bad yeah. hair, and he's just out there doing these like speeches that are just nothing, and people are he's like, like, yeah, he's he's like more coherent though. I would say he's definitely he, smarter than Trump. He uh, arrives yeah. at a point. Yeah, he arrives at a point very very yeah. quickly. Um, Can we um? Real quickly talk about the sun though, and how I'll never get over the fact that Tim Burton hired an actor to do a Christopher Walken impression in front of Christopher <laughs> Walken and filmed it. Like, what was and the casting works. process? I know it's great, but he's like, "Dad, go save yourself!" Yeah. Like, it's just like it's <laughs> no. yeah, like it's, it's so unhinged. They talk like that. They both talk yeah. the same. I know. Yeah, so and he only has like three lines all together, but yeah. yeah, they're all Christopher Walken impressions. And Dad, I didn't. Mr. I don't. Mayo. I don't think I realized that till this viewing. I was like, "Oh, he's doing Christopher Walken." It's, I no, love. I like. Yeah, I wonder what the casting process was like. It was like, "Come do your best Christopher Walken impression." Like, yeah, that's well, it. Yeah, because he's a wrestler, isn't he? Like, he's um. He, he's I think he was like a bodybuilder, is what I was reading. Um, right. He was Zangief oh. in the Street Fighter movie, he's and then Zangief, funny enough, yeah. Wait, what he, really? He yeah, is, and, yeah. Um, he was also in a Firefly episode, which. Ian, you had me on for that Firefly episode that he's in. And I was like, this actor looks so familiar. Where have I seen him from? And I was like, oh, he's huh. Max Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, it's just so funny. Like, again, that's the great thing about a choice because like other, you know, because they've cast wrestlers and bodybuilders in these other superhero right. movies, even in another Batman movie with Bane. Um, yeah. But like, it's like to, to, to <laughs> like do, to like be like, no, we're going to cast this just big Mongo guy, yeah. and 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 we're gonna put him in like a fancy suit in every scene. Like he's gonna be in like little like like World War Two era sort of frillies. Like he's got a fur lined jacket. Like he's it's it's such a great choice to just be like, no, we're not gonna put him in like you're not gonna know that he's a muscle guy, except right, that he's right. just sort of like top guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. But, and I mean, I mean, yeah, we're talking about Danny DeVito and Michelle Fire. Christopher Walken's also very good in this movie. Yes. It's yeah. the, like, the only person who's asleep is Michael Keaton, but like, yes. he, that, that works <laughs> yeah. too. Like, yes. yes. I was yeah. going to say, Adam, there's like, you are right. He, and you, you're right because he is asleep, but also it somehow works. I don't know why. But, right? but if Michael well, Keaton was doing full Beetlejuice, like energy Michael Keaton, like it wouldn't have worked. Like you needed, yeah. you need this sort of grounding center, the, like straight one. Yeah. Like cipher straight one. Almost like you need this sort of like, he's just a sort of like gargoyle, like a statue. 
I love Batman, but like Batman's my least favorite character in Batman. Like yeah, I love the Bat family. Oh, it's yeah. like Batgirl. It's Robin. Like yeah. Tim Drake specifically is my favorite Robin. Like and Absolutely. Selena. It's just yeah. Like I don't. It's, it's funny you say that Mike, because like I've always thought because again I, I do enjoy a lot of the Chris Nolan Batman movies but like they mm. were so they so overestimated people being interested in who this guy is yeah like, they were like yeah we, we need to find mm. it needs to be about him and what he wants and what he feels and I'm like from a screenwriter screenwriting class standpoint yes you do need to know what the main character wants and feels and lives like and what brought them here to this point. But like, it could not be the most uninteresting part of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. why I don't really, I don't really care for the you Nolan movies. I, even Dark Knight. I think I, I revisited Dark Knight and I was like, I don't know if this is aged as well as everybody thinks it has. Um, I, there's good stuff to it. But again, like, like you said, like this is not a rewatch. It's, I don't think it's a rewatchable trilogy. No. Like to the degree that like, no. these, precisely. Not at all. Yeah. But the Batman, mm. I loved I, you know, the Batman. I, I, still, I, I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it. I've been meaning. What? I would watch three more hours of it. Yeah. It was. I didn't care about the runtime. My husband, though, oh, who God. he didn't want to go, and by consequence, he ended up having to go because the power went out in our home and it wasn't going to be on for a while. So he's like, "Fine, I'll come along." And like, <laughs> he hated every second of it, and I was living. <laughs> And I was like, so what'd you think at the end? He's like, that was terrible. I was like, you weren't invited. Like, like, (laughs) immediately turned into a child. Like, I was like, this wasn't for you. (laughs) I think it's so nice because it's it's a culmination, too, for those who grew up with Batman Returns, Mm -hmm. um, but also some of the later movies. Like, you've got a nice roundhouse kick of our favorite villains from, like, this era and this, like, Mm reimagined in this movie. I have my thoughts personally on Miss Kravitz that I, mm-hmm. but <laughs> as, like I mean her as a person, but like as Catwoman, she did it for me. Like she, yeah. I I loved it. That very blase. That like I'm just I don't know whether I'm coming or going. Um, also, like her very like blatant cutesy like bisexual aura that she has in a movie like just felt mm-hmm. so like authentic and colin ate as penguin like he yeah um yeah. he had me cracking up um especially like that whole part where they're trying to figure out the um um one of the mysteries oh right because you know you haven't seen it but um <laughs> where he's correcting them on their spanish yeah <laughs> like that whole person um yeah i i loved it it's it was great i think like i think the penguin and Catwoman in that movie and the batman in that movie like it's it they're all great straightforward straight from the comics versions like it, yeah. it felt yeah. like that yes. felt like, a, like i feel like in batman returns each one of those characters is great but it's a full departure from what the comics were mm-hmm. in each oh, in yeah. each way so that i think it was great as like a great alt and then this is like like i think the batman is like a really good those three characters but like straight up like one's a mob bust one is like this little like you know thief minx you know person who's you know in you know and and then batman is there like kind of doing his you know like again straightforward yeah Um, he's emo very emo i did like that i did like that the the first batman to have the like coal eye makeup um, yes yes, stick around right 
which, which um, is the, which the one flaw I love, in this movie. Is, is I love like, Batman Returns, but that is, yeah, it sticks out to me every single fucking time. And somebody actually edited, like, they took all the times, like, uh, the Christian Bale Batman, uh, any time Batman's been on screen, and they add and, like, removed his mask, and they added digital, like, eyeliner and, like, love makeup. It. And it, like... I think it it makes the scene look really cool, actually. And I was like, why? Just we know he's putting it on. That's the thing because, like, this movie, Batman Returns, is so like queer and weird that like it would have been perfect to have him rip off his mask and then he's just got just like fucking goopy tanning face. Yeah, Um, and that he's because like the whole the whole thing is like the themes throughout are uh, Penguin and Catwoman are. Like they are, they are freaks who are visible, and they don't have the luxury Batman does of hiding behind various disguises. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, in general, even the Batman the Animated Series plays a lot with this, because also because like yes. you know, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Like he's play, he's the only Batman played by a gay actor. Like it's like the whole right. thing is like it, there's a reading of Batman in the Rose Gallery where Batman is this like closeted guy or a masked presenting guy who is mm-hmm. very bothered by these. Mm-hmm femme presenting outlandish you know can't be um other gays uh in his life and um i think that would have been it because again they and they say this thematically throughout they're like oh you have to hide behind this mask and i'm genuine freak and i'm you know and i'm here and i feel like that would have been a good arc for him at least to at least have this sort of like freaky deaky bowie face when he took the mask off yeah Yeah. would have been cool Mm. sigh Mm. (laughs) <laughs> let's go back let's 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 uh give tim our notes <laughs> i'm sure that's the, I, yeah and, and michael keaton i'm sure definitely after what he's just been through really wants to get into that suit again oh yeah <laughs> for sure um, you you made me think of um there's this great parallel when like bruce is getting he's suiting up as batman right and like selena's driving her car and getting ready as catwoman and um I, I think those parallels are so interesting and speaks a lot to that point you just made so brilliantly, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also now wishing there was a moment where, like, we see Bruce putting on the eyeliner and then cuts to <laughs> Selena also putting on her eyeliner. Because <laughs> <laughs> we even do get the close-up of his eyes at the end, and it's very obvious that there is... Yes. It's very obvious. It's yeah. it's almost a laugh line because it's yeah. like you, because you it's one shot. He's got the eyeliner, and then the second, then they cut to Selena, then they cut back to him, and then his eyes are. And you see the white. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's I bet that editor not, was pissed. Like, that's right. such a, that's an obvious, like, please look at this edit, which is like, editing is the invisible art, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. not, good editing, you know, is like, you're not supposed to see it, right? And so, like, ugh, every time I see that, I'm like, fucking hell. Like, why? It's a, <laughs> why? It's why? a very hard edit. Um, it's so, yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah. Especially coming at the, like, emotional climax. That's, that's uh-huh. the climax of yeah. the film. Mm-hmm. You're like, um, he looks different. And then you're like, oh, right. He doesn't have his eyeshadow on. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like that had to have been like a studio note or some shit. Like, it's very, yeah, it's, like, it was too fat. Okay, get rid of right, it. Yeah. Right. 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 I don't even, I don't even think, like, because again, at this point, I feel like Caton would have been like, sure, like to anything. Yeah. He's yes. like, he's like, do we still end today? Great. Then yeah. do whatever the fuck. Like, um, <laughs> I, so I don't think this was like a, a request he made. I think this was definitely some sort of like just femme fright on the on the studios. Totally, yeah. they're like yeah. this movie's already gay enough. Like we can't <laughs> have our hero this, wearing eyeshadow without his cowl on. Yeah, this <laughs> movie's already too flirty, touchy, gropey, like a little that sort of thing. I feel like this because it almost is like um, 
it, it felt like that could have, because again, had they done this, it could have had this a similar emotional impact to the end of Rocky Horror Picture Show when mm. like everyone is in the fishnets and then like, then like Dr. Scott, like fishnet leg comes out of the um, uh, uh, wheelchair where he's like, where he reveals his own like, uh, mm-hmm. like done up, like, like girly leg. Cause that could have been like a thing that could have been a very, that, ah, that would have worked. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything we like, I guess th- just certain things. I, Catwoman has so many good lines in this movie. I kept writing them down and being like, oh, this is her iconic line. Wait, no, this is her iconic. Wait, this. Because there's just like <laughs> all of her lines are so like, I, I know, I know baby gay me was like going around saying, I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. Like I, I yeah. thought that was like the line. Um, Even some of the lines that like aren't as, it's like when she's like, Oh yeah, and then that that boy in school looked at my yes. pants. Yeah, he's he's dead oh, now. Like he's dead I now. say <laughs> that all the time just to myself, like for no he's reason. Dead just now. he's dead now. Like it's so like ah oh. yeah. She's got some great. She she's she's perfect in this movie. It's, I it's so brilliant how she handles that scene, particularly where mm-hmm. she's where where she's got Walken and Keaton just staring at her, and yeah. you know, and they're both sort of like sexually into her like 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 i I know walken is like seeing her sexually for the first time ever like he never saw her this way and then she like comes back resurrected he's partly fear partly wow she's looking good um and like she's doing this and she's not doing manic pixie dream girl though like that could have very easily she's being quirky like it's it she rides it so it definitely feels like she herself is working out a math problem in her like she's yes. uh-huh. very sincere about like okay i have a memory i have this ricky friedberg was here he noticed my pants oh he's dead yes um like it kind of <laughs> like, like she's going i feel like she has held all of her emotions inside in her own private world and anytime she ever has any emotional expression before she's catwoman she is 100% alone, like, or, or she's with the unconscious clown, or she's by herself in her apartment. Then she's talking to the cats, or she's talking to the answering machine. She's having right. these private mm-hmm. asides to the audience. Um, but then as soon as, this is her first time where she is Catwoman, and she's having these this rich internal life she's always had, but it's just blurting it in front of, like, her boss and this new guy she likes. Like, it, it's very, it's very, like, it, that itself I find empowering. But I think it's so funny that you say that too, because that to me also embodies the nature of cats too, right? Like mm-hmm. cats are truly at their most vocal when they're being social, even even if it's on a like subconscious level. Like we all know that like cats don't meow to each other, right? Like it's always right. like very much something to signal um, some type of human interaction or human engagement. And like, if you've been around a cat long enough, sometimes like they'll communicate with you like in passing while they're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the ways in which that like, I know Batman started off in a really quirky place in terms of like all of its wacky villains named after different animals and things like that. But I think for me, something that was always just so emotionally like um, evocative with Catwoman was how much of the feline like essence she really embodied. Um, even specifically looking at um, her choosing the colors of a black cat 
um, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And like how ostracized just like cats are in general. Like, um, I don't know. And like, I feel like that aspect to me leans into her dialogue as well. Um, Cause I, one of the things I constantly used to say to my friends about her dialogue and this movie specifically is that her claws are either, you know, retracting or like on their way out. Like she's never mm-hmm. at a point where like her paws are just like friendly to touch. Mm. Um, and I've always loved that, like such a literal depiction of Catwoman, um, because I think that's part of the camp that we enjoy, right? Like her leaning into that feline essence with her entirety, whereas like that was one of the things that was like honestly kind of heartbreaking about like the last Nolan movie for me. Because uh-huh. um, like yeah. love Anne in it, but I was like, don't be afraid to lean into like the feline persona because I feel like if anyone of the Batman rogues gallery um, just as much as Batman truly embodies the bat, this creature of the night, this misunderstood flying fucking rodent, then she, <laughs> um, then I feel like she is his equal counterpart in that regard. Um, so let her be that. Let her um, be the distrusting, like cat sneaking around the corner, um, you know, getting killed by curiosity and like all of those mm-hmm. things. But, like, that's the fun in it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Cause it's, 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 and it's, and the claws are so fascinating too, from a design point of view, they're not yes. like the sort of they, evenly normal, like uh, each claw is yes. a different razor. Yes. Yeah. It's like, and it's, it's so jarring chaotic. to look yeah. at too. Like I remember as a kid, um, watching her sewing on the claws affected mm. me way more than like the cats nibbling on her fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when she's down there and like, um, but I also love that in this moment of like sheer horror, she's got, you know, like the blood, like down the side of her face. Um, her skin is incredibly pale. She's got her tongue sticking out yes. like a mad woman while she's doing it, but then purrs and give us this delicious, I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but yeah. I feel so much yummier. Like, ah, uh, it just, it does it like every single time. Like yeah. her, the whole point, and I think that like the enduring power of this, because we've had other, we've had plenty other Catwoman, and I think the reason like this is so enduring is because it feels very uncaged. It feels very like, even when it's she's tiny. doing like, it's very, and it's very unpredictable. Like these things, like the design is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, like, like even down to the to the claws being these just weird different little claw each one is different each one is like you know and and they and they really play this up in the sound design every time mm-hmm. batman pries one yeah. out of his side it's like the sucking like it it yeah. got really it like you're like this is a freddy krueger finger almost like this is a very yes. dang, this is a dangerous thing she's working with here um it dangerous feels very is- unpredictable yeah, dangerous is the word I was going to use to describe that whole sequence. It's like when she's like stabbing the mm-hmm. the stuffed animals and then turns on the garbage disposal. Like I remember watching that and being like, "She's going to cut herself. She's going to cut herself." And like, sh- yeah. if she did, she probably wouldn't care at that point. Which is also so unnerving, right? When you're like mm-hmm. a six year old boy watching this, you're like, "Oh my god!" And then like when she's sewing and she's got her tongue out, yep, and like. I'm like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna stab herself. Like it's, yeah, yeah she's it like spells out calamity in every mm-hmm. possible way. But then again, I think again, it leans into that cat trope of like 
for instance, my cat was like trying to get into a fucking candle earlier today. Like, <laughs> oh, like, no. like in the wax. And I'm like, hello, you can't do that. But like, I don't know. I think again, like part of that feline essence and so enduring. And when you understand that like cats mechanically, like aren't aggressive for the sake of aggression, it's mostly right. instilled with fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that, like, I don't know, I love um, about animals in general and the way that they function. Like, um, one of the things I talk about is how, for instance, when you're looking at animals of prey, like, there's a very specific way that you're supposed to hold, like, rabbits and, like, squirrels and things like that. Because if you mishandle them, their, like, flight or fight trigger, like, um, oh. comes in very intensely, Um which is something that's like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know that there was a wrong way to hold a fucking rabbit. Um, yeah. But I do think that, like, Catwoman in this movie, like, shows you that, like, cats are very unpredictable creatures. Like, yeah. one minute they are purring up against your like, ankles, like, I don't know, loving you and being, like, very gentle creatures. And, like, the next they're, like, swiping at you just because you said good morning to them. Um, mm-hmm. That temperamentalness, but, like... But giving that temperament to a woman that is filled with rage um, and righteous anger, um, I think just makes her incredibly powerful in a way that I honestly don't think a lot of Batman villains can come close to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because, I mean, uh, she she swipes at Bruce at the end. Like, she, like she's like, she's, yeah. she is, le- I do believe she is legitimately like, oh, living with you, that would be so cool. Wait, never mind. Slash, like, she's yeah, very, it's like, like she. Each one, it's not like she's like rolling her eyes at that moment. She just has like a legitimate. She envisions that life for herself and is happy mm-hmm. for two seconds, and then wait, and and then this, the, the rest of her persona, is like, wait, remember, you know, remember yes. how eager you are, the and then she's like, never mind, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so in each, it's it's such an enduring performance because each one is bought into. There's not like she is legitimately of two minds um, yeah. about the love hate, and it's one of my like one of the things I love specifically when talking about cats and cat woman in general is like you know whenever you come across someone who's like i absolutely hate cats they're not for me and like my joke but not joke is like do you have a problem with boundaries period yeah <laughs> um, and i know a lot of the girls don't really they're like oh okay and it's like no but cats constantly teaches like they teach you constantly um, what their boundaries are, and those boundaries shift every single day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they are, and it's something that I incredibly like. Um, I admire about them, and I feel like obviously, like cats make such great metaphors. Um, I think in this sense, and in this wacky world, um, for a woman that's been scorned, and one of the things that Selena Kyle does efficiently throughout the rest of the course of the movie is asserting her boundaries even if it requires violence yeah i it's it's like it's she's it's she's had enough like from everybody like it is one of those things where like she cannot go back because again she knows herself and she knows if she went to live with bruce at his at his house and fell into domesticity she would fall into her usual traps that got her where she was in the beginning of the film yeah 
And wow. isn't that such a vivid, like, queer metaphor, too? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. The environments that we <laughs> that we survived. Um, and just realizing that, like, that very, I think, surface level, sometimes sort of, like, vain essence that a lot of, like, you know, your cishats um, that have this perception of queers and queer folk being, you know, very... Um, I mean, I don't want to say like affluent, but I think, I mean, I think to them it comes off as affluent and being, you know, incredibly ambitious. But a lot of that, and I can say this like specifically from my experience as a Black queer person, um, a lot of that is survival instincts. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, I'd like to think that queerness saved me in a lot of ways, um, because it, I don't know, there's a lot of dexterity that comes with queerness that I can see that runs very congruent with like Selena Kyle's, um, um, with her experience and her journey on screen. Um, Are you saying this to mean like, because I think I know what you meant. I don't want to like be like, yes, you meant this. No, no. But like, are you saying this to mean like, um, showing, cause I, this is how I feel about myself, like uh, showing the world and showing, you know, loved ones and and everybody around you in your normal life that like making sure that they are always clear that like, you know, that you would be, that, that, that you'll be okay. Regardless if they're here or not, like, like making sure like there's sort of a, and she said this at one point, she's like, you know, being taken for granted that like her presence here, like a cat, um, her presence here is like a, uh, is a gift that you you have right now. Um, and it could be forever, or it could be a week, or it could be a day, it could be an hour. But like, you know, it, it, as she reserves the right at any point to leave at any point, I feel like that is very queer to like at least grow up with that um, feeling of like, you need to, the survival part of that, you need to, I needed to show that like, cause I left, I left home at like I'm at 18, like right away, um, yeah. which is pretty usual. And I went like across the country and I, and I just, I needed to show myself and other people that like I could be, um not like I I could be independent yes and I think that again is that assertion of the boundary and I feel like you know the metaphorical sense is Selena bearing her claws um and scratching someone but I think when it comes to queerness and protecting ourselves sometimes it comes from verbal evisceration or you know a read um Mm -hmm. or but like doing these things that mechanically um, we do to protect ourselves from the environments that we were once exposed to. So, mm-hmm. um, absolutely, Adam. Mm. What do you making good points, all of yeah. you? <laughs> um, so, I guess I guess we're at the end here. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that, like, I don't know? I, I have like five pages of notes from this movie, but like, it's mostly just like <laughs> breaking down everything. Yeah. Um, I think one of my going back to your your quote about like the you know like the quotes that she's got like throughout this, mm-hmm. and I think this does tie into what Aaron was kind of saying before, which is I, something that really struck me that I've, I've again I've seen this movie a million times, and this line sort of blew past me a bunch of times, but like this viewing really hit me, is when she's just about to be pushed out the window, she she mm. tells him that how she says how could you be so mean to someone so meaningless, and that feels like a very closeted. Mm-hmm viewpoint yeah um where yeah. it's like you're just begging for just please be nice to me and you can't even 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 like that's when you learn that like begging won't help 
and and right. appealing to people's better natures won't help. You have to be humanity. Um, yeah. That you have to be. That you have to scratch and claw, and that is the way to get people to see your humanity because you can't ask them politely because if they're not already doing that then you've already been denied that so there's that for for someone that line of hers really really struck me this time i think probably because i knew i was going to be on here talking about this and i'm always like trying to link queerness to everything but um that <laughs> definitely that de- like that definitely jumped out of being like oh god that was a i i do remember feeling yeah. that at one point yeah, yeah. i I, um, I wrote that line down, Adam, because I don't think I noticed that line before. Because when you have that no self-worth, when you have no right. self-worth and you haven't rebuilt mm. your self-worth yet, like that is your first tactic is to say like that you are, your tactic for survival is to say, is to make yourself as small it's as possible. Take up as, right. take yeah. up as little Invisible. space yeah. as possible. Um, yeah. And, and that's yeah, the solution of a cat when they are recoiling, a cat when mm. they're scared. Like it, um, because fear, like it's always fear before the aggression um, and the anger and like the lashing out. Um, and if you've, I'm sure all of you've ever seen a cat scared, um, it's their ears pinned back, it's their, the shrinkingness of the body itself. I mean, I think the fascinating thing about that is that most animals will do that to make their oppressor feel bigger and that that need to make them feel bigger will hopefully say like, hey, okay, you've you've won. I'm the beta oh, here. Wow. Like, wow. Um, and I think so wow. many queers <laughs> have like, yeah, because um, like, listen, I'll be like super transparent and totally honest, like. I'm a total like glamorous bitch on wheels these days, but like <laughs> I um I was like the skinny kid shoved into lockers. Like when I was in high school, like I was very much teased for being both queer and being like a nerd. Um mm-hmm. and so I think that is something that I instinctively knew what to do. I think for people who are introverts, that is almost akin to like um people who are extroverts who will go to go on to tease themselves first before someone, someone else can. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because it's like, let me like <laughs> make the joke that you're already thinking about to like, just diffuse the situation. But yes, essentially when any animal is doing that and cats do that. So, um, so much when it comes to survival is to almost, um, is granting their oppressor space um, and letting mm-hmm. that oppressor not only fill their space, um, but feel magnified in it. Wow. That's like, <laughs> you're, you're gagging me a little bit right now. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Cause I, and that was, you know, I, uh, you know, that, that was sort of my high school sort of MO was yeah. to, blend into the wallpaper mm-hmm. um and that would save me and it did not um and so and i think that's i think that i don't know it's 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 very it's painful but i feel like that's the process we all have to go to to get to that point where like okay well i'm not going to go back inside anymore because um i know how like empty that feels to make yourself yeah. like super small like that yeah it's kind of how you get your claws sadly mm. 
<laughs> well, and like even I, I mean, this kind of applies. Like I was thinking of because I do really like her reading of this line. Like when Batman takes his cowl off and Max Shrek says, why are you dressed like Batman? And she's like, because he is Batman. <laughs> like At that point, she like has let go of all of her insecurities. And she's just like, oh, I am smarter than all these men. Like these men yeah. are fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> and she's kind of like reclaimed her place. Like she can't fucking believe out of anything that could have come out of Max Shrek's mouth at that point right. is him not getting that the man who just right. demasked himself is Batman. Yeah. And he like she is like, what she's like, the conversations that we could be having right now, and you're like this like Yeah, like she's <laughs> it's great. And I it's great. oh, and we can't wrap up without the very, very, very famous four or five still alive when she's getting shot over and over oh, again. Yes. Is just six seven all good girls <laughs> go to heaven like that it's so deranged i love i'm like it's whose really choice beautiful. was that was that hers or was that tim's like i it's great it's beautiful mm. seeing the fear in his eyes when he can't do the usual oppressor tricks to keep her down and he's yeah. like this isn't stopping her that um, man popped up six rounds into her. <laughs> 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 and like going back to like what Aaron was saying too, like I I kept thinking like this is kind of horror movie ish, but like it is right. Like yeah. if she were like the villain in a horror movie, this is how the villain would act when they're getting shot, right? Like, up, oh, yep, I can count down. I can do a little sing songy thing before I fucking kill you because I'm not like I don't care. I don't give a shit. Um, and I just love it. And I love that she's being a cat with him, right? Like she's playing with her prey. She is playing yeah, with her prey. Absolutely. Oh, wow. yes. Yeah. She and then care. she just oh. she makes him eat a fucking like <laughs> yeah. taser. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like it's it's the and it's like it's and I don't even know scientifically how that works. She's just grabbing a, a oh, bolt and then right. like, and, and then he I mean, like, at that point, science right. is out the window. I mean, I guess <laughs> I'm not someone who like needs it to make sense and shit. But okay. like, I am like, no, I, but I'm like, but I what I love about it is that it's just this like we get it, and then all we need to see is this like pup, like this burnt puppet later. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, that's nasty. But what is so poignant about that is that I've always digested that scene is that she has finally made a man eat her fear. Mm. And I love it. Like, especially if you think about the earlier scenes of her um, earlier in the movie, um, you know, with the taser and just how just like inherently terrified she is at everything. Um, and to finally, I don't know, I've always looked at that, um, especially when I was a teenager, as just something that was the embodiment um, of her fear. And so seeing mm-hmm. her just, I don't know, um, kind of give uh, a man a dose of his own medicine um, and shove that fear and oppression down his throat has always been like, fuck yes. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Well, especially like, because I obviously when you, when like I was a kid seeing this um, and her conversation, because Batman's like, we're going to take him to the police. And like, I, and I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. He police him up. But like her <laughs> immediate, like, like, but this time, you know, and in the last few times, especially, especially feeling that, Walken is is doing a, a weird Trumpy thing. Um, it mm-hmm. really, really hit that she just is just that's the thing. That's the part with with Bruce that she's had it with, where she's like, 
this person who seems like just completely unable to ever see the inside of a jail cell, despite everything else, um, is something that really jumped out at me because it's like that, that's how I talk to like my dad now when he's like, we got him, you know, we got Trump on this, we got him on this thing. He has a nuclear secret. He's in this and that. He's not a president anymore. We got him. He's going to be in jail soon. And I'm just like, it's been years. (laughs) When is this? Do you really, do you really think he's going to jail? Right. Kind of thing. And that's, <laughs> right, I think yeah. that's the really cathartic part about this is that it's just like you have this person who is really a stand in, not just not for like Trump or anything, but like for any sort of like big faceless oppressor right. person um, who is just constantly um, uh, on top, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's, and it's mm-hmm. in that, that, that moment really jumps out. So I just got two more things before we close out. I, speaking of lines, I just wanted to say that I cackled. I like forgot about this. It's such a tiny throwaway moment, but when Penguin comes back, back into the stage, all bloodied and like half dead, and he goes to kill Batman, and he picks up one of his umbrellas, and it's just like an umbrella with toys hanging off, and he goes, mm-hmm. "Shit, I picked a cute one!" Like with all that goo <laughs> coming out of his mouth and looking like a giant gross baby, yeah. and just like mm-hmm. saying that and then dying. It was I. It was very pleasing to me. <laughs> One of my favorite Penguin lines is actually when he's like, you left your kids so you could dress up like jerks, get juiced and dance badly. <laughs> like, it's so like, he just, he's, he hates these people so much. And he's like, and also you're bad dancers. <laughs> right. It's thinking enough. This whole yeah. movie is like a testament to picking a theme, sticking with the theme. And like yes. sticking with the tone, like, like yeah. it's not, like it, these things are so ludicrous, but it's like, they've just, they committed very early on to a theme and a tone and a style. And all they're doing is escalating the story from there naturally. Yeah. And you're yeah, getting these sort of, right, exactly. And so it's funny because like, it, and, oh my God, we didn't even talk about the, 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 the masquerade ball because, um, this is uh, my favorite. I, I, and I don't know if you do, I know on, on Buffy episodes, you'll do favorite look, but like her, gown oh, in this yeah movie, uh, um, is a timeless gown like this is this is something where i'm like i don't know why they haven't done like a tribute to this on drag race yet or someone someone needs to do this sort of shimmering black high necked backless thing mm-hmm. with just these snatched back hair and the like very like the thin red lip like it just it was it's like absolutely the look of the whole movie it's like the one time that there's like sort of classic Hollywood yeah. like movie star looks going on in this and not just like grotesquery. And it, that's, yeah. I think that's why it jumps out so much is that she looks fabulous, but it's like everything else has been like a gro- like has been a cartoonishly horrific visual. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then the other thing was that end shot of her, which I mean, obviously it was, but it was not Michelle Pfeiffer. They like added that in, in post. Mm hmm. And they had to get a stand in, and that scene of her looking at the bat signal cost half a million dollars. <laughs> what? I don't yeah, understand which is that. Bananas, and I don't understand. I, I was worth it. About that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite shots. Yeah. Well, you need an applause line at the end of that because, like, what? it's so melancholic, and it's this beautiful music, and like she's and he sees the shadow, and he, you know he picks up the cat, and he's in the car right. with the cat, and you and he in this beautiful shot where they're driving, and it's just silent and snowing and it's like a mm-hmm. perfect winter scene and you just see like the two cats glowing eyes in the dark 
limits. Yeah. Like it's just a beautiful yeah. fucking image. And it beautiful. is very melancholic, but you do need yeah. the like dun da 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 like you need something yeah. to get to that point. So it's like I'm I couldn't imagine the movie without it. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. and then also it was supposed to set up the yes. spin-off movie that never happened with yep. with with Michelle reprising her role. In How do solo we feel movie? about that never happening? Would it have you know it happened like more is more is less more i'm kind of thinking less is more to be honest Mm -hmm. i think like this movie is so perfect to me that like the fact that like it was poorly received by parents and then warner brothers knee jerk fired tim to do another movie it's like this just gets to stand and be its own perfect thing and it's like i'd rather have that than like a really shitty sequel because like you know, yeah. Or like okay. any anything else, you know. But, right. Wait. So I'm gonna be the the one that because I do love I a thing that bothered me as a kid was the the thing that Tim Burton like petitioned for for this to be a sequel that's not really a sequel mm-hmm. because I don't I don't understand with these movies a thing that always bothered me as a kid that still bothers me as an adult I don't understand why they're redos but we do use some of the same actors um like for me then like make it completely different each time if it's mm-hmm. supposed to not be. You know what I mean? And like, but yeah. they kind of, like they use the same actor as Alfred as commissioner Gordon. Oh, right. I don't even think commissioner Gordon's the same actor throughout all. I think it is. Yeah, is he it? is. It, yeah. And also um, I learned this today. There's a, um, there's a, there's a woman who has a cameo in this movie who then becomes a character in Batman forever and Batman and Robin, where she's like this tabloid journalist. Gossip, Gossip Gertie. Gertie is her name. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but like, yeah, she's weirdly in three of these movies um and like so i guess like my thing is like if we're gonna if we're gonna go full tilt of no we're not doing a sequel then like okay then completely make it like you know what i mean like go balls to the walls with like oh this is everything is different um so i don't i don't like that some of the things are the same but then some of them are most of them are completely different like for me that's like mm. well ian i'm gonna point counterpoint you on that because um (laughs) i to me so this is something that i've like recently so um Bond fan here. And so that is something that happens constantly. And I think James Bond is like the one series because Doctor Who will make it a big part of the plot how the new face is on the face. Um, And I know Doctor Who fans like love that, love that shit. But I'm like, I love that it's just like, and and you watch it, if you watch the James Bond series, there's like the same M and Money Penny and Q in some of them, and then some carry over. And then Judy Dench came from the Brosnan ones and went to the Craig Era ones. And we never stop. We never like explain the multiverse. There's no any of that shite because you just don't need it. Um, <laughs> see, you don't need see, to be I, like. You don't I need to be do. like. No, because there's a wormhole in which M Judy Dench came from. This da, 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 da. I'm like I don't know if that. I like I, I I get your point is to just do like a full recast, but mm. um, I like this sort of it. It kind of puts these in sort of movie dream world dream spaces where you have like, you know, there are sort of alternates and there are sort of some people that are recurring and some people are not. And sometimes they're playing the same character, same actor, but like a wildly different take on that. Um, It feels like a more dream space way to do multiverse where it's like, there are, you know, you know, here is Pat Hingle doing Commissioner Gordon in four different, wildly different tones each time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's what you get with the first four Batmans is that each one movie to movie right. is a just outrageously different tone. Um, 
to the series' detriment, probably, ultimately. But, like, <laughs> creatively, great. I think business-wise, financially, McDonald's hated it. But, like, I think creatively, it, it's really cool. I, I don't know. I don't mind it as much because I think I think Bond fans are just very used to, like, all right, we got the same money, Penny. We got a different Bond. And this Bond is a different face Bond. And he's younger, but he's still dealing with the dead wife trauma from three movies ago. But if we're back to the different one, like, it's very weird. If you watch it, if you try to follow it logically in your head, it doesn't make sense. But, like, Sean Connery stopped doing Bond. They put a new guy in. He marries Diana Rigg in that movie. She's killed. Then they bring Connery back in the next movie. And then he's dealing with the dead wife trauma. Oh, right. He skips a movie. I forgot He skips a movie, but then he's still dealing with the dead wife stuff in that one. And then they get rid of it for a while. And then four movies later, they have a new Bond, Roger Moore. And then he's dealing with the dead wife. And then Timothy Dalton (laughs) deals with the dead wife in a different movie. And that's it. And then they they have Daniel Craig obsessed with, with his dead girlfriend, like, across five films. But, like, there's, like, it's a weird, like, they almost, like, they're different people sharing. Yeah. It's very Sense8. It's, like, they're all sharing the same body, but, like, it's a different, it, like, they're they're all sharing the same soul, but it's like a different body each time. It's, like, it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, so I don't yeah, mind I mean, as much. I, yeah. I will say, because my dad is, loves James Bond, so we watched all those movies when I was a kid, too, and that always bothered me in James Bond as well. Like, for me, I'm, like... I need it to either be fully, if we're going to redo, that's fine. But just like commit to fully redoing Um, with like, for me with the Daniel Craig movies, having Judy Dench was just like a wink. Like it was like re it was like very obviously we're restarting bond. Mm-hmm. It's like Daniel Craig was like a completely new James Bond. So for me, that was like, okay, because it was like, Oh, that's just like a wink in the same way that like in uh Spider-Man, we got what's his JK Simmons playing J. Jonah Jameson again. Right, that's right, right. like, you know, it's clearly not actually the same. It's like a different. It's multiversal, I mean, yeah. Explicitly, you, you said Danielle Craig two times, <laughs> and I don't. I, that, that feels very like if you were gonna be, like hang out with Danielle Craig at a gay bar and be a bitch to him. Be like, all right, Danielle Craig. Hi, <laughs> Danielle. I saw him and Rachel Wise on uh, uh, St. Mark Street one time in New York, and I was like, "Oh, that couple's very attractive." And then as I was like walking by them, I was like, "Oh, that's why," because that's Craig and Rachel Wise. <laughs> um but yeah no i just i i've always wanted and i know people do like don't need the continuity i've always wanted continuity like i that was always like my dream was like i want these superheroes to be able to interact and not because anytime and i know a lot of people do i think aaron and adam you might be but like when people talk about the x-men and they're like no i want it to be standalone i'm like absolutely not we already got so many standalone x-men i want to see the x-men having to deal with the like humans that are like against them and like fear them and the asshole superheroes who kind of ignore them. Like for me, that's an interesting Mm -hmm. dynamic. And that's the full X-Men story is like, yeah, the Avengers are their friends, but like they let all the shitty things have all this like shitty stuff happen to them. And that's like important for the story that like these heroes kind of don't involve themselves with their shit. And that's shitty. Um, So for me, I'm like, I like the continuity. I don't know. I think you're in luck because that is the way these movies and all movies are going now where like, I think yeah. that is sort of the dominant not to be like, Oh, you're in luck. Cause you're in the majority. Um, but like, <laughs> like but like, I think you are in luck because I think that is the way, because I, I think fandoms have, it, it's very funny. Cause I was listening to another podcast that was talking about, um, that was breaking down like the history of like He-Man toys and the He-Man show. And they mm. were talking about how, like when He-Man was like invented in like the eighties or whatever like that, it was a bunch of 
madmen type guys in a boardroom and no one was keeping a fucking Bible of who was who and what, and it was all connected. And so you, that's why you have like, you know, He-Man and, and a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that just have like completely mishmash backstories. Nothing connects really. And right. I think people have sort of later, like sort of like our generation has like grown up on this stuff and is like reveres it. So we, we are like sort of trying to reverse engineer a show Bible out of that. Um, but um, I think that's sort of like, you're seeing kind of a generational jump. I think Batman Returns like sort of will sort of live on in, in superhero fandom because it's probably the last time a superhero movie is ever going to be that like dangerously weird, not James Gunn weird. Um, right. And um, where it's actually like, we're going to make very like potentially damaging choices, um, you know, potentially big flop choices. Um, we're going to break away from who these characters even are in the comic books. That's never going to happen again. Um, so I think this feels like a bit of a like snowy little gravestone to doing something different with the character. Cause I don't think we're ever going to see a superhero thing where they like diverge from what the comic was. That's fair. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that we're at the end, uh, favorite, we're just a new favorite scene. And then, I mean, we're all going to have the same grade, but favorite scene, Aaron. Ooh, um, that is tough, but I think, um, Hmm. My favorite scene. Yeah. I guess it's the kitty awakening. It's the, it's the feline reaper. Um, and, Absolutely gets an A plus plus plus. Mike, I mean, I, I think we're all gonna have the same favorite scene, right? Like it's it's the, it's 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 all of Selena's transformation. Like it's it's incredible. It's had such a lasting impact on me since I was a kid. Like, and it's yeah. it's just magical to revisit. Because um, I I also said to like my husband today when we were watching it, like it's like they don't they don't make scenes like this anymore for new characters that we're meeting. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, here's this person. Like they showed up in that last movie or that series right. on Disney plus. Like you had to, you know, you have to know who she, and it's like, here is this like, ah, just explosion of, of filmmaking. It's so powerful. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, Adam. I have to disagree. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's that like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what other scenes are even in this movie. Like, is she, like she's, she's drinking milk from the cart and it's spilling down no. her throat. It's yeah. like, it's, and it's not even in this like Tony contain early nineties music video way. Like it's not yeah. sexy. Like it's just her just, it's like, Oh my God, she's crazy. She's cracked up. <laughs> like you're just watching this being like, yeah, she, she's not okay. Um, yeah. And, that's, and a, just, that's a good point, Adam, because it in like, especially for that time period, they would have normally gone to like, ooh, right? she's wearing like a cleavagey top and it's dripping down her boobs or like something. Stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. If they had done like, if it was like, again, like if you, if you do sort of a Catwoman thing now, and I guess, and I think they had, there's, there's a little, there's a little Zoe milk moment in this, um, in, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, the Batman, in but the Batman, yeah. it's not like to this degree where she's just mm-hmm. like, sh- just chugging this milk in an unhealthy way. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, no modern cat woman would be drinking whole milk um, or two. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And then she's kind of, cause again, she's like, she's allowing her. It's weird. The, the transformation is like, so she's going from the sort of, sort of like cute, you know, um, shy person goes through a bit. Like she's 
ugly in this scene. Like, she, but like she's like allowing herself to be ugly. Like she's yeah. doing like weird faces. She is like, and not in the like, oh, she's so crazy way. Right. Like, you know, she's not go- doing a goofy face. Like she's just like, there's a lot of, like Aaron was saying, there's a lot of like tongue stuff, but it's like, and not, mm-hmm. and not in the sexy way. It's like, it's just a weird bunch of like, she is just slathering you know, stuff. And then she, and she's in this, um, and that's another thing we didn't get into is I really, really loved the design of her apartment because it's so, her apartment is so brutal. Like she's, if you notice, like it's, it's a metal wall with like ribs. Yes. And it's, but but it's been, she's done. It's, it's such a, it, it breaks my heart because like, it's this, when she probably moved in, it was probably this dingy metal box with just Mm -hmm. bolts. Like she's in the hull of a ship and she did her best to make it pink and nice and livable. And she is destroying that. Cause she's like, no, I've, I have to be honest. I live in this brutal world. And so I feel like I, when I see that metal wall with those just ugly big rivets and she's spray painting it black and she like took such care to paint it pink and not even a pretty pink, just a really sickly pink. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's Pepto pink. Like it's just, it looks like the inside of a stomach. Like it's just, um, it's not, (laughs) It, it's it's a pink apartment, but not in this really cute way. It's really well, disturbing. There's also a really great detail that it's like, it doesn't look fresh either. Like she no. painted it pink, right? And it was fresh, but like it looks old and dirty now because like she mm-hmm. has died, you know, yeah. before, before she's reborn as Catwoman. Like she, like the Selena character is just like a shell of a human. And it's, yeah. yeah. That's because yeah. she's getting like kind of pulled around by like this guy she was seeing and her boss, not just her boss, but like some her, appendage. Some appendage. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and her mom calling in this like very broad performance from whoever was doing that mom call. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I imagine they almost got the script supervisor to I see like a yeah, like, woman with like glasses at the end of her nose being like, this is Selena. Selena, it's your mother. <laughs> Why haven't you called me back? Like it's a very, it's, <laughs> it's musical and rhythmic and how it ramps her up. Yeah. So mm. I think my, I, I put down three scenes and one of them is the one you all said. So I'll say my <laughs> other two scenes. Um, Catwoman in the department store. I love, mm. I love that. Like mm. the glee she has with like destroying the department store. Like after she like whips the heads off the mannequin, she is jumping rope with her whip. Yes. Um, yes. And like, she's kind of like skipping towards the microwaves to put in the mm-hmm. fucking like aerosol in them. And like, I just, she's having fun. And I love that it ends with her doing ridiculous backflips out of the department store coincidentally running into Penguin and Batman and just going meow and it blows up like fucking iconic. Um, And then my second is the scene of her and her and Penguin's first like full meeting where they're both just chewing all of the scenery the entire time. She puts a literal live bird in her mouth, which is real. Like, I looked that up. That's crazy. That she like, well, it's funny because watching it, now you can see that her makeup is smeared and she does mm-hmm. look uncomfortable. So it's like, oh yeah, there's a fucking live bird in her mouth. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and, and one last thing I'll say about like the, the meow scene, like it's, and that's so chaotic is that like, it's, it's, 
And I wanted to post this, but I realized I'm like, oh, you can't post a, a video too long unless you're paying for Twitter Blue. But um, it's <laughs> um, it's it's like it's four and a half minutes or just under five minutes from her like entering the department store and doing that thing where she puts her face up against the window with the cat in the window right. um, all the way to like through her destroying the department store, the, the conversation with Batman and penguin outside where he's like, I'm going to be mayor or you're not like it. And then like the, the blowing up and then he flies away on the umbrella and then she <laughs> climbs up and then they fight on the roof. And then he like zaps her arm and then she falls into the, into the, into the truck full of, you know, when she says his kid later, but like that whole sequence end to end four and a half minutes. It's like an amazing run in the movie. Wow. Like I was, I was completely shocked how many each scene, each like shot is like, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that for like five minutes. It's an, it's a perfect five minute run of the film. (laughs) It really is right. Adam, it really like, that could almost be its own movie because it really is like they're inter they're intercutting with like Penguin and Batman a little bit, but it's just mm-hmm. it's so good. It's like it's so yeah. good, yeah. It's and it's, it's so weird to think about like that's like at I think like hour and ten minute mark. Catwoman mm-hmm. has been having her absolute own movie for that first <laughs> hour. Like they all have. They have had three separate movies right. for uh, over over half the film, and then in one scene they all meet, and there's no. I'm Batman, I'm Penguin, I'm Catwoman. Right. They are all just, they're already like, they're, and there's no Whedon-y stop and chat. Like there's, yeah. they're just like, I'm going to, I'm kicking you and now I'm flying away. And I'm now I'm like, and he's, Penguin's horny for her. Like they stuff so much <laughs> into this five minutes. He he immediately goes into horny. Like, <laughs> yes. He's like, I saw her first with all the yeah. gross stuff coming out of his <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's it's, it's, it's it, like I encourage anyone listening to this just go watch that five minutes on YouTube. It's, it's, it's a five minute clip. Like you just say, Catwoman destroys the department store, but like it's in the whole rooftop fight scene. Like in any modern movie, that would have just lasted twenty minutes, or they would have broken up those meetings and introductions yeah. across. Not to say one's right or wrong. It's just, it's a, it's amazing how little. It, it it sort of reminds me, like in a screenwriting way, it's like when you're doing a movie, you don't actually need a whole shitload of time to introduce people. Like you right, kind right. of can just do this, and well, that's it's like just as memorable. That's like a thing. I th- I feel like not to rehash this, but I feel like Adam and Mike, I've talked to both of you about this, like with like the Halloween movies, like mm. I right because like sometimes it's like oh that. It works, but it doesn't like, you know, some of them, it's like the, the choices were choices, but like some, I don't know. I, well, you're going to get Mike off on a rant on Halloween. Ends. I know. I know. <laughs> I love Halloween ends. Perfect film. Just rewatched it again. Um, you're, it's incredible. It's incredible. Just love it. <laughs> Adam speechless. I love it. Electric I, love I can't. No, it's about, Adam, I get it. I get will- it. We will talk it. about, we will talk about okay. it. Okay. All, all right. All right. Oh all right. God. So sorry, sorry, sorry. yeah, I just, I, yeah. Okay. So, um, thank you all for joining me. I'm going to close this <laughs> up. We've been, this is far too long. Um, thank you all for listening. Happy holidays. This was our holiday special episode because it is a Christmas movie, um, <laughs> which we didn't really talk about, but whatever. There's snow on the ground, the whole movie. We see the Christmas tree a lot. Um, the ice princess lit the tree. Um, the ice princess. They talk about so, eating mistletoe, so... <laughs> yes, they talk about eating mistletoes. Um, 
If you like SlayerFest98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to our Patreon. Any and all support is much appreciated. Uh, We've been going through a bunch of movies, and we finished Harley Quinn Seasons 1 and 2 and Firefly Season 1, and we are going to move on to Harley Quinn Season 3, either this month or next. Um, if you like us on, if you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98 across all social media platforms. If you want to follow me, I'm at ENX Carlos. Mike, where can everyone find you? Um, at Michael Ryan P on all socials, and check out my website, MikePattersonEdits.com. And Aaron, where can everyone find you and your comic? Yes, you can find me at Magical.Poppy. That's P-A-P-I on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and then you can also find my webcomic, Bitchcraft, on Webtoons. It's spelled B-Y-T-C-H, craft. And Adam, where can everyone find you and get your books? Hey, um, so you can find me on all socials at the Adam Sass, T-H-E, Adam Sass. And uh, you can uh, buy my newest uh, YA rom-com, The 99 Boyfriends of Micah Summers, uh, wherever you buy your books. All right, everyone. Well, uh, happy holidays. And I feel like next time we'll, you'll hear, hear our voices. It'll be 2023. So, hey. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.